If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with. Like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills and those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we are going to talk about some traits that are very important to women. We're going to talk about patience, emotional range, and empathy. We've talked about them before on the show, but today we have an expert in this area who's going to be talking about these three topics. I'm going to say them again because they're really important. Patience, emotional range, and empathy. So keep listening. Another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, here with Marty Kinras. And I'm really reluctant today because I am in Cancun. So this is uh, somewhat painful for me to do, but we have such a good guest that it makes it so much better. It's like Cancun over the internet. We have Lizzie from Yoga Wake Up. Lizzie and Marnie work together or share a workspace together, like a previous guest we had. And so I'm going to let you guys take it from here. Yeah, this is where I get my pool of new people from. I have to like go to all these different spaces. To, I mean, we've been doing this for 300 plus episodes. Where else am I going to meet new people? <laughs> but yeah, so I actually, I met Lizzie when I started working at the new communal workspace that I work at. And I really liked her and I liked her husband and they're fantastic. And they have an amazing app that they've created. But Lizzie, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and maybe tell people a little bit about this app because it's going to steer where our conversation is going. And hopefully you can also explain what you had said to us before we got onto this show about how what you do, what you specialize in can be very helpful for the guys that are listening. Yeah. And first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched because it's been great. We When we met last month, I think we hit it off and then I was so sad to leave. We no longer work together. I know. So to some background, Yoga Wake Up is audio-guided yoga and meditation to help you start your day. It replaces the alarm clock that you may or may not use to wake up. So if anybody hits snooze three, four times a day, we are the solution to that. Over the last few years since we launched, we also became a solution to scrolling on social media when you wake up. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Yes. So many of us are scrolling when we first wake up or scrolling before bed and Yoga Wake Up is there to take that behavior and change it with a solution that is 
peaceful, mindful, healthy. It's easy audio guided stretching, nothing too crazy anybody beginner can do. And it's meant for setting an intention for the day and starting your day on the right foot. I love that. I feel like part of my struggle with every single day of my life since I got a smartphone is waking up and scrolling. And then I'm instantly in a bad mood because when you scroll, when you first wake up, you see all the things that don't do good things for your self-esteem. I'm not scrolling. Yeah. I'm scrolling through people looking amazing and I'm laying in bed at noon looking like (laughs) shit. You know, it's just a really bad way to start the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've found too that people who are using our app, they, they start off with maybe the meditations or maybe the easy in bed yoga, but they start to kind of get excited about yoga. Many of them are beginners. So if they're following the usual transgression, they'll, they'll start in bed and then they'll be doing a lot more active yoga poses as they continue on. And we've got 50 plus teachers on there. There's content from all over the world. We've got teachers in London, New Orleans, Austin, all over the US. And it's great. You can find somebody you love that you can connect with and and, and listen to them every day or change it up. Yeah. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. But so you had said, like when we first started talking, I was like, oh, this is so good because I was doing the visualization program and I just saw such a correlation for anything that was in the mindful space. But when you were going to come onto our show, you had said that you want to talk to people about how a consistent yoga and meditation practice can cultivate skills and qualities that the modern woman expects to have from a partner. Things like patience, emotional range, and empathy. And tell me if I'm popping too much on my mic. But I thought that those were wonderful because I don't think we've ever really talked about that in this way before. So I wanted to understand why are those skills and qualities, which are patience, emotional range, and empathy, why are they so important to women? Oh gosh. I think that we, as women, we hold ourselves accountable to those qualities often. And I'm not the most patient person. It's certainly something that I've worked on and I've worked on in my yoga practice. So for example, if you practice yoga, you find yourself holding a pose for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, if the teacher's really mean. And <laughs> that cultivates this sense of patience. It cultivates a sense of calm and gratitude and resilience. And, and these qualities are something that I think women are maybe more naturally geared to having, but also more women today, and it's starting to shift, but more women are practicing yoga. So I think that when we see men in the classroom, we see men starting to take on this physical practice for whatever reason they come into the room, right? A lot of guys come in because they maybe want to build strength or maybe they just want to see more women in the classroom. Right. Whatever brought them there, it's not usually, I want to develop my empathy, right? But that I think is something that starts to come when you do practice regularly. You do start to those little nuggets of wisdom that the teacher gives you throughout class or even just the nature of holding those poses or kind of understanding yoga as a practice and asana is something that in time starts to shift a man into having i think these qualities that are unique that we we don't see every day in men you know you don't always see these 
maybe typically known as more feminine qualities in men because men are more apt to suppress them, perhaps. But it's important. It's important for us to to be able to connect on an emotional level with our partners. It's important for us to have somebody who can listen empathetically and be understanding me. And I know I have like a thousand thoughts a day and I try to only share like a third of those with Joaquin, my husband. <laughs> but right. I think... Joaquin Phoenix? No. I'm very jealous. <laughs> He's better. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit more sane actually. Does so. he drink milk? He might not drink milk, actually. He's You're not vegan, if that's what you mean. No, he's Okay, not. yes, he's better. <laughs> yeah, Walking Phoenix is great. Don't get me wrong, but... Well, well yeah. let me ask you about empathy. Maybe I'm not really sure exactly what that means. Like, I understand it from my point of view of what I would want in a partner in terms of being empathetic. But maybe you could give some examples of empathy and why now in a relationship, it's very attractive. I wouldn't say that at the very beginning... Like you're looking for somebody who's empathetic that doesn't exactly like make you turned on and excited by a guy in the very beginning, but in a partnership and in a relationship, it's extremely important. So yeah, could you walk me through maybe an example of your partner being empathetic towards you? Sure. I actually asked Joaquin some questions earlier. I said, you're a man. You tell me how you feel about how yoga has helped you over the last years, like what it's changed. And, And he's, He's an interesting case because he is more emotional, I think, than than your usual man. He's a cancer. I don't know if that matters, but he's definitely well, he's a programmer too. So he's and very he's a programmer. Yeah. So like point that out as well that he does think very logically, but he happens right, right, right. Which I don't think is typically empathetic and logical. I'm, I don't know how many people are super logical thinkers and also empaths, but examples come up every day, right? If you're having... Here's an example. My ex, if I was frustrated about something and I shared that with him, it might have nothing to do with him. But if I shared it with him and he didn't feel like dealing with it or he didn't know how to deal with it, he didn't know how to listen or know how to understand, I felt shut down right away. And I thought, okay, I can't have those conversations with him. And if you can't have that open, honest communication and trust with your partner, then you're seeking it elsewhere, which is fine if you've got a lot of girlfriends. But I just kind of realized that that's not the relationship that I wanted. I didn't want a partner who I couldn't do that with. I think there's empaths in the male community, but it seems like a lot of them are fixers. And so how do you remain a fixer and also empathetic at the same time? Right. You have to fight the urge to fix, quite frankly. Yeah. You do. You have to say, that's not what she needs right now. What she needs is for me to listen and understand. I came to my ex about a fight I had with my sister. That's touchy. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of conversation that... Yeah, you needed a plan of attack for on how to fix it. You just need like a hug. <laughs> right. right. And it ended in tears and hanging up the phone because there was no way I could get what I needed out of that conversation. What I needed was I needed someone to just hear me and really hear me. And then, like you said, a hug. The difference I think that you find with a man who maybe fights the urge to fix, it's, it probably is a practice. It's not something that 
they're innately used to doing, just allowing you to feel and listening. Right. Could you walk me through exactly what it could be like and what it was like with your ex? Like, for example, you went to him and said that you were having something going on with your sister. And he said, I can't listen to this right now. Or, oh, why didn't you just tell her? Like, walk me through the bad version and then the good version. The bad version is, well, may, well maybe this was just him. Let's just be honest. But, <laughs> but maybe it's, oh, well, maybe it's because you did this. Or maybe it's because this happened. Or, well, did you think about it? Maybe because it was this. And that is fine when you're not emotional, right? Women, we're in an emotional state. We don't really need to be questioning everything we could have done differently five minutes ago. And that state, it's more about how can I just make you feel loved and comforted right now? Right. Because you feel unloved and bad and down on yourself. Right. And the role of empathy is not to pretend that nothing's wrong or to not act like your normal self, but it's really just to pause and think about what's the other person feeling? How can I help the other person in this situation? And it sounds simpler, of course, than it is because when you're with somebody new or in a, it's been years, either way, if you're someone who's not emotionally adept, right? Like you're not comfortable with open, honest communication, or you don't have this emotional range that we talked about, you may shut down in times of vulnerability, even if you're not the one who's yourself feeling vulnerable. Your partner is. Your partner is feeling vulnerable and you don't know how to handle that. To help them. Right. But even saying, I don't know how to help you right now, that is a vulnerable thing to say. And and a lot of people are like, I don't know how to help. So therefore I'm going to go in this direction, this direction, this direction, which isn't exactly what you need. So I think that that was actually really well explained. Well, the empathy thing, I want to talk about really quickly when you're not in a relationship, but you're dating. How do you show empathy without like putting her on a pedestal or acting like she's like... Oh, that's where I was going to go too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So that's like find a challenge for a lot of guys because it's like you don't want to be like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry you're feeling this way and show like this kind of like... Uh, cheesy side or something. Yeah, but also you still want to show that you're open to being empathetic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that can be tricky. If it's a first date, there's not a lot of opportunities to show that, but it can be as simple as active listening and like allowing her to emote. Yeah. And like not changing her body language. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. What does active listening look like? We all just did it at the same time. We nodded our heads. (laughs) Did you know that women do that more? It's like way more than men, significantly more than men. We nod. Show that we are listening to what the person (laughs) looks like. I have the shakes. Whenever anyone talks, I've looked at video of me, and my head's just going like a bobblehead. Right. (laughs) It's especially funny when you're on calls because I'm nodding, and there's silence, and nobody knows what's happening. Right, Right. 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 I know. We all just did it again. Yeah, I think it's genuinely... It's hard on a first date. Look, it's been a while, but I remember you're so concerned about how you're doing. It's really hard to think about what they're doing. So if she's talking about whatever it is, you're probably having a difficult time engaging because you're thinking, what am I going to say next? Did I spill something on my shirt? 
am I drinking too much, whatever else. But if you can just really, and men and women alike, just try and be present while you listen, that is empathy at work. I think that that also is, it's a practice. I'm not a typically super empathetic person as far as women go. I would say I'm probably less, but I have worked on it because I think it's important in your friendships and in your relationships to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah, for sure. Which is as simple as just nodding and understanding. Yeah. I have another question about yoga and yoga classes. So, okay, when you're in a yoga class and a guy walks in, like, do you think a lot of guys actually meet women in yoga classes? Like, how does that guy transition from, I'm in a room full of women bending over and going into very interesting poses into dates? Like, did you ever meet anybody at a yoga studio? Speedos. (laughs) (laughs) Right? What are you wearing in your yoga class? Personally, I have not met anyone in a yoga class romantically, but I do know many relationships that have started that way. So I think it is showing a common interest and it probably works more often in a yoga class because of the nature of it being heated and kind of sweaty and kind of, and there's a lot of energy and endorphins. And I think that when people meet at the gym all the time, now maybe their guards a little bit more up on the woman's side. I think I certainly don't really like to be talked to when I'm at the gym, but I think if you're going consistently, women start to notice, right? So if you see a class that you're interested in, just consistently go and maybe don't worry so much about who you're going to meet, but you'll start to make some shifts in your life. Like I guarantee it. That's what we were talking about this morning. My husband and I like, okay, well, where were we before we started practicing yoga and what was it like? And and I was thinking about how did my ex, did my ex practice? And I thought, no, I think I got much more into it over the last 10 years. And it's something that you, your confidence will be boosted because you'll start feeling better about yourself and you're stronger. And it's a lot easier for men to do inversions and arm balances because they have a lot more upper body strength. So that's an area where it's not really yogic to say like, go work on your arm balances, but look, it's an accomplishment. It's exciting. When you get into those poses that are challenging, it feels really good. It boosts your confidence. All of that is going to make you feel a lot more comfortable meeting women in the classroom and after, and then just to save the conversation for after Shavasana. (laughs) As someone who occasionally goes to yoga, I don't know exactly everything that I'm doing. And I am assuming that a lot of guys listening to this podcast may not already be super yoga savvy. And so I would suggest really embracing that when you go to yoga and embracing the fact that you don't really know what you're doing. Because when you're in the gym, it's that old cliche, like the guy's going to go up to the girl and tell her how to lift weights. Sports keep coming back. And so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will finally start the summer this weekend and it's in full swing and there's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. 
And as sports start to return, BetOnline has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, Robert Horry, seven-time NBA champ, and Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it will be like playing without fans in what they have called Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I bet it is, and I bet you can get help with that. Where? At betterhelp.com. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can connect with them in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. To find a therapist normally, it's weeks, maybe months, if you're lucky. Well, with BetterHelp, you don't have to be lucky. It's convenient, professional, affordable, and check out their testimonials posted daily on their website. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, well, we are back anyway. We may have missed a little bit of the show, but that is okay because we were talking about resilience and building community and how yoga could be a great place and a great community to meet other women. Before I got cut off, I was just going to say, men at the gym, that's their place where they can tell women, oh, this is how you work out. This is how you lift weights. But women, when they're in yoga, if that's more of their thing, they can take that role. So I think for men trying to meet women in yoga, you can kind of reverse the roles. And I and I think use that to your advantage. Like, how do you do this pose or whatever? Because normally it's yeah. a guy coming up to a girl showing her how to do something. You know what I mean? So yeah. a role reversal. I like that. That's a really good point. You would just said you're not open to being approached when you're at the gym. Is that because you're married now and you're not approached? Or you're not like open to being approached because you are married? If you were single, do you think it would be different? I'm definitely not open to being approached because I'm married. I mean, whatever. I don't mind being approached at the gym. It, it's like flattering sometimes, but I kind of feel like I'm here to work out. Don't bother me. But if it's a casual conversation, or again, if there's something where someone has seen you repeatedly and they're like, Hey, I've, you know, like I see you all the time, then that kind of can feel nice. I've been working out for years and years. So drawing on back when I was single at the gym, I probably was more interested (laughs) 
and meeting people. I used to go to the gym in college with the expectation of figuring out where I was going to party that night. So I definitely love the social element of it. And I think it is a great opportunity to meet people. It has to be done in a way where it's not confrontational. So to your point, Kristen, it's great if you look a little confused while trying to lift something and a guy says, Hey, can I help you out? That I think would feel kind of nice. And of course, if it's advice that is somewhat warranted, I'm totally down for it. What about if you're amazing at the gym and like you're the rock star there? How does a guy approach somebody who already knows what they're doing at the gym? Is there another way to approach and a segue to a conversation? For me, it really comes down to the level of effort and also just how comfortable a guy feels with himself. So if I'm working out and I get like this kind of annoying pickup line, that's a no, right? But if somebody is, again, kind of familiar, like, oh, I've seen your face. I'm here all the time. I've seen you a lot. Like, I know that you're here consistently as well. And you're checking in to kind of make friends. Totally. Like that to me would go so much further than like a, hey, do you come here often? Like some kind of low maintenance, obviously you're just trying to hit a quota. Like that to me does not, that doesn't interest me. But I think if you're just trying to make friends, it comes from a genuine place. And that's the difference. You can tell when it feels genuine versus when it's like... When you're just seen as an object. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell me about you and Joaquin. Where did you meet him? How did he pick you up? What did he say? We... (laughs) So it's been seven years this June, and we met at a pool party in Palm Springs where he was, there were two single guys at the party. And I kid you not. So I showed up, I was actually recently divorced and I showed up with a friend of mine who's gay and he was like, okay, let's go see who's at this party. And it was mostly married couples and two single men. And my gay friend was like, well, actually... So Joaquin came up and kind of asked if he could make me a drink. And he said, I make a mean Bloody Mary. And I followed him into the house to watch him make my drink because I was a woman on my own at a party, didn't really know anyone and wanted to make sure I wasn't going to get roofied. (laughs) And he took that as, wow, she must be really into me. She's wanting to keep the conversation going. So he felt ultra confident, smooth, comfortable. And we just kind of started chatting. My friend Steve was like, if he's straight, you can have him. If he's gay, I'll take him. And I think even that the two single guys, I think Joaquin and the other guy were kind of like, okay, who, you know, Joaquin was like dibs. Like I want to talk to her. Otherwise, I felt comfortable because there's a lot of married couples. And I kind of was like, okay, well, all the wives here seem normal. And these men, you know, are all married. Okay. But I just need to kind of have my guard up a little bit. But it was great. It worked out well. And obviously. <laughs> obviously, it turned out well. Wait, so I want to dig into this a little bit more. So are you saying you wouldn't have been interested in him if it were somewhere else where there was like more options available? 
I have no idea. Or and you didn't want to be roofied. Like let's I say you no knew for sure there was no roofie possibility. Would you have continued talking to him and yeah. followed him to watch your drink be made? I had I had no interest in dating at that time. I mean, I had been single for six months. I was enjoying being single. It was the first time I'd been single in a really long time. And I just was thinking someone friendly wants to make me a drink. But the plot thickens because I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you about this. But funny (laughs) enough, everybody loves this story. So I'll just go with it. He introduced himself and he said his name was Joaquin. And my ex-husband's name was Joaquin. (gasps) Oh my God. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Joaquin Phoenix, I had to just chuckle because Joaquin's are kind of a thing for me. That's so funny. And I've heard plenty of Joaquin jokes. I know all the jokes of you don't have to say the same name, all that mess. I don't even know any Joaquin jokes. So were you attracted to him when you first saw him? Do you remember? I was attracted to him. Yes. Okay. You thought he was cute. I thought he was cute. I put the guard up right away because of his name. And I just thought, this is hilarious. And then I just kind of wanted to entertain it because I thought it was funny. And I didn't really necessarily expect for us to date. But well, So I how did that happen then? Thinking about him. Well, interestingly enough, so we had had two mutual friends at the party. I didn't know. I When I showed up, I recognized them. I had met them like two weeks earlier. And so... Because they were a married couple, the husband is still a very close friend of mine. He said, Hey, like, let me get your phone number. We'll meet back up later. Like, we're going to go to dinner. You could do this and we'll meet up later. And Joaquin also subsequently asked me for my phone number and because he was interested in me. And I gave him my phone number as well and had intended on seeing him later. And then I went to dinner with my friend and the connecting link, the person who had invited us. And who ended up marrying us, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Cool. So we went to dinner and I said, this is crazy. Like, I don't even know why I'm like talking to this guy. His name's Joaquin. This is ridiculous. And they just laughed it off and they thought like, you should, you know, he explained like, he's a great guy. Like you should definitely just, you know, see what happens. And we coordinated later. We met back up at, at a hotel and like a hotel bar and like a big group of us. I had given Joaquin the wrong phone number by accident. And so he had been calling. Oh, wow. He thought I wasn't interested because he had been like texting and I would, hadn't responded. And meanwhile, I had been responding to his friend all afternoon. And he thought, oh, she's just not... That's weird. She must not be interested. And so then when I showed up later that night, he said, well, you didn't write me back. So I just thought that you didn't weren't interested. Yeah. Yeah. And I explained to him that I must have, I was like, no, you never texted me. I didn't get your message. And we had a laugh about that. And then his friends that night, they, everybody was pushing for it. I mean, I think, you know, Joaquin had been single for a long time. He was 41 and his, everybody kind of thought you're never going to meet anybody. Like you're too picky. He just thought, well, I'm just haven't met the right person. Like, I'm not going to settle down with somebody else. Like I, so he just was like this single fun, like thought, okay, but he had a son and he was ready to meet someone, but hadn't. And when we first started talking, 
that night, like we, I guess things move somewhat quickly. But when we first started talking, he said, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I'm just not interested in a relationship at all. And he said, oh, I am. Like, that's what I'm looking for. And so we kind of realized that's... We didn't really see eye to eye on that. But the communication from day one was on point. Like, he's a very good communicator. Like, has made me a better communicator. So you continued talking, obviously, even though you said you had different goals. We continued talking. And then I went the next day. I went, had two trips planned back to back. So I was going to be gone for about two weeks. And I called him in between the two trips and was like, I want to be with you. So... Whoa. Let's do this. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. So he was very certain on the fact that he liked you. He had enjoyed his time with you so far. And you showed the things that he was looking for. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It was quick. That's very quick. Okay. That's (laughs) wonderful. We talked on the phone a lot. And, you know, because I was out of town, I spoke to my mom. My mom was like, well, this whole Joaquin thing is really just inconvenient. Right. His mom was like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, that's not good. Maybe don't go there. Or change your name or something. Yeah. He he actually asked me, he said, so do you want to just call me another name? Like, like Walkstar? And I was like... Yeah. That's cute. But I want to go back to like the part that, okay, he's divorced, you're divorced, he has a child, and... You guys had, you know, flirted. He he, like joked around with each other, had flirted when you were hanging out. And then on your first date, he was clear on what it was that he was looking for. Did that put you off at all? Or did it just make it more clear on what it was that you could potentially get? Like, did you like that he said that? Or I think I respected his honesty and how he just seemed really kind of like disarmed. So I appreciated that. And we were having a great time together. He did also ask me, so right before we had our first kiss, I told him, I was like, Hey, by the way, my ex's name is Joaquin. And he said, I have a son. And I was like, wow. And his name's Joaquin too? Okay. No, no. (laughs) No, but his baby mama... They were never married. They Okay. That's for another podcast. Right. But it's funny. Her name is the same as my ex's mom. I mean, the whole thing is just nuts. They have the same... Their dads have the same name. It just gets... It's just crazy. But when he told me, he did say... When I told him about my ex, he said, okay. He said, who ended it? And I said, me. And he was like, okay. So I think he just kind of knew exactly what to ask. Like he knew what he needed to know to feel comfortable with where I was at. And we kind of just bypassed the dating, like the small talk and all of that. We actually ended up going on our first date a couple of weeks later. The couple counseling? Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a regular first date and it was awkward. We actually had like an awkward first date with like an awkward kiss because we had already made out and we were like, oh, okay, that was kind of funny. And it didn't matter because we were already... You were already hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm writing a video right now that, for YouTube about how to qualify a woman. And I think everything that you're saying right now is basically how he qualified you, questions he asked. But Mm -hmm. the important thing for him was that he knew where he was coming from and what his wants were. He did, yeah. He was very clear. Yeah, and once you know those wants, you, you can convey those wants to people and to the women around you. And I'm sure that somebody who's conveying their wants in a very clear manner 
if you're attracted to them, is very attractive. Definitely. And I think I was also very clear and it shifted because I felt like this was an opportunity, right? I thought, I want to go further with this person. This is not someone I've been dating casually with no intention of being serious with the people I was dating. And I just knew it was different. But yeah, he made it very clear from the get-go. Like I had very much because I had come out of a relationship where communication was not really existent, much less positive. We didn't communicate when things were not going well. Like he just shut down and would not speak to me. So I came out of that feeling like, hey, I'd rather just be on my own. And then I met somebody who could communicate clearly. And you've met him. Yeah. It's attractive. That's how my husband is as well. Like he may get a little ruffled at first, but he can always come back and clearly communicate once he processes and takes time. And that is extremely attractive. I understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we have great husbands, which is wonderful. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up the show because we lost Kristen to Cancun. She is gone. It's good anyway, because her siblings... She should probably just go enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. She should go enjoy. And her siblings were distracting for me in the background on the video. They were offering up vodka and I was kind of jealous. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your double Joaquin story (laughs) and all of your learnings about why yoga is so important. I really think like what you stated in the beginning about the qualities of of learning patience and empathy and what else did you say? I forget what the other word was, but... Open, honest communication, trust. Yeah. But there are things that when you are like... I've done yoga. I'm not a yogi, but I've done yoga where you have all this time in your mind in a space that's dedicated to letting your mind relax and expand where it's not just focused on boom, 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 boom your mind does start to to process things differently. And you can, you start to notice how your body's moving, how your body's feeling, the things that you're thinking, whether they're real or they're wrong. And it's like this internal therapy session that's mm-hmm. really interesting. It's hard to explain unless like people have actually done it, but I think it's absolutely wonderful. And it's a wonderful thing that can translate into a wonderful relationship with anybody, but with women, especially because they require that empathy and that patience. And I think it's something that people should should test out and try. But tell people about your app and tell people the name and where to get it. Sure. Yoga Wake Up. You can go to yogawakeup.com. You can also go to the App Store or Google Play. We're on iPhone and Android. It's free. There's a seven-day trial that's free. And if you love it and you want to unlock all the content, you can subscribe for a month or six months or a year. Wonderful. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and just sharing all of that with us. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm not going to be posting on YouTube anymore because apparently that ruins my view count for other videos. So I'm going to post it somewhere else where you can watch and stream it. But I will let you know where that is shortly. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.